We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Well, good morning, Lifeline. It's uh, certainly a privilege for me to be with you this morning. Uh, this is the fastest trip I've ever made to England. I think I made it in about 15 minutes all the way from my uh, downstairs to my upstairs to my downstairs. But I'm thrilled to be with you, and thank you so much, John. It, it really has been a wonderful privilege for me, a relationship to, to grow with, with you, John, and with all the other folks, particularly those who I've spent more time with lately in, in, in leadership team. Uh, these, are, these are amazing days, uh, challenging days. And I want to talk a bit about the presence of God today, and particularly this idea of a, of a portal of the presence of God. Now, uh, I'm going to come back to this verse in... Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 towards the end of my time with you. So kind of mark that if you will. In fact, if you have some paper and a, and a pencil or you're writing anything, I'm going to have quite a few scriptures this morning. I tend to go kind of fast. I apologize. I know I have an accent, but um, you, know, you might want to write down some of those scriptures. These are unsettling times, confusing times. And I know a lot of people are asking, what is God doing? Uh, this, this COVID-19 thing, is this the judgment of God? And what's going to come next? And and I don't have the answer to all those questions, but I do know what God is doing in the world today. The scriptures tell us what God is doing in the world today. And I'm going to come back to that in a couple of moments. Um, it's, let's, let's talk about this presence of God for a moment. And I want to say, first of all, God wants to be present. There are so many scriptures that, that, that demonstrate this for us. I'm just going to look at a couple this morning. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, of course, is the, the passage where God is visiting with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And uh, it's intriguing to, to try to decide, was this the cool in the morning or the cool in the evening? I suspect the answer was, was both. God met with Adam and Eve in, in, in that, that perfect situation, fellowshipping with them, relating with them day after day. And then in Genesis chapter 18, we have the story of, of God revealing himself, becoming present to, to communicate with Abraham and Sarah. Of course, God had already called Abraham and given him a very clear direction for his life. But now he was talking to Abraham and Sarah together, giving them a promise that even in their old age, a miracle would take place and they would have children. He became present among them. This, they saw a physical manifestation of the presence of God. And then later in, in, in Genesis chapter 28, uh, this time it's Jacob. And Jacob's running. He's, 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 he's afraid of these situations. He's actually made some pretty bad mistakes, pretty serious errors. And and as he's running away, trying to hide, he's in a desert place. He finds a stone and, and, and lays his head on the stone to sleep that night and has a dream. And in the dream, he sees a, a ladder going up into heaven, a, a passageway, if you will, a portal going up into heaven. And once again, God speaks to him and, and tells him of his calling, of his purpose, of the, the, the promise that God has for him and, and for the people of Israel. Of course, there are many other passages we could look, look at in the book of, and in the Old Testament, but Somebody in the New Testament as well. God wants to be present. He wants to manifest his presence among us. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus gives the disciples a taste of what is coming as he's transfigured, the Bible says. Quite an intriguing word. As he's meeting there in prayer with the, with the disciples, he's, he's, he's transfigured before them. They see him not just as a physical man that he was, but also the spiritual man that he was. And then the book of Acts, so many times. I guess it's last week we celebrated Pentecost. This whole COVID thing and being locked down has got my time bearings more confused. Uh, I, I, I thought to myself yesterday, life seems to be going much slower right now. 
I guess because I'm used to traveling so much, but uh, I guess it was a week ago we celebrated Pentecost. The Bible says 120 believers were gathered together waiting on God. You know, it's intriguing. They didn't know what they were waiting for. They were just being obedient. God manifests his presence to me, brings his presence right into the room. They see fire coming, lighting on each head, a wind coming through there. They begin speaking in a new language. Now, there are some that would suggest that was just a one-time experience, and uh, that was just for the beginning of the church. You need to read on in the book of Acts. Over and over we see this situation taking place. Acts chapter 10, the Bible tells us that as Peter is preaching in the house of Cornelius, an unbelieving, well, a God-fearing, but, but a non-Jew, Gentile believer, a God-fearer, that even as he's preaching, the Holy Spirit comes into the room, and, and the people receiving the word begin to speak in unknown tongues and prophesy. In fact, when, when, when Peter's called on the carpet, if you will, when he goes back to Jerusalem, why were you in the house of a Gentile? Did you baptize Gentiles? Peter says, they received the Holy Spirit, just like we did. And then later in, in Acts chapter 19, this time it's Paul. As, as Paul's preaching in the city of Ephesus. He, first of all, leads them to, the, to, the, to, to repentance, to come to know Christ as Savior. Then he asks him this question, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? In other words, do you recognize that you have the presence of God with you? They said, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And he, this time, lays his hands on, on them, and they receive the presence of God, speaking in tongues and prophesying over and over. And again, we could go on and on and, and talk about this, but I encourage you, in fact, go back to the scriptures and, and see. Let, let the scriptures build your faith. It's the, the desire that God has. God wants to be present. Of course, the challenge is there are so many distractions, so many things going on in our lives. God's always present. The challenge isn't God. The challenge is me. Recognizing, identifying. I, I, I call it often the busyness, the, the barrenness of busyness. Now, there probably are other things that separate us from God. Sinful things certainly will separate us from God being drawn away by the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all, all those things the scriptures talk about. But I think for many of us, it's, it's, the, it's just the busyness, just the distractions that are around us all the time. And again, I suggest, I suspect that for you, particularly those of you who have families at home, children at home, these last couple of months have been uh, just yeah, pulling your hair out, trying, where do you find quiet when you're, when you're at home all the time and with family all the time? And, and when you do find quiet, what do you do with quiet? What's your, your first reaction when you get a moment of pause, when you find yourself alone for a change? Although that doesn't happen very often. I wonder, <laughs> I've noticed, I've I kind of been watching myself. I've, got, I've, I've developed, a, I think, a bad habit. The moment I sit down quiet and there's no one around, my first reaction is to reach into my pocket and pull out my phone. Well, that's interesting. Rather than wait on the Lord, rather than recognize his presence, and what am I looking at on my phone? Well, it's email, it's text messages, it's the news, which is always bad. How do you find the presence of God in every situation? And rather than try to find an excuse for not finding the presence of God, let's talk about it. How do you find the presence of God? Find the presence of God in praise, in worship, in singing. In fact, I, I'd encourage you to consider, what song did you wake up with this morning? Do you, do you tend to sing in your heart, make melody in your heart? That's what Ephesians says. And, and, and make a note of that. Let that song be a song for the day. Uh, projects. You know, the, 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 the myth is somehow that the Garden of Eden was all about sitting around and, 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 and just giving glory to God. But one of the ways we give glory to God is working with God. And the Bible is very clear that, that Adam worked on the ground. He, he, he grew crops in the garden. 
and, and are you learning to work with God on your projects, whether it's washing the dishes or doing a home repair or going to the supermarket? Find God in your precepts. Now, that's my P for scripture. I'm trying to keep all the P's here. But, but find God in scripture. Have you discovered that even in scripture, holy scripture, you can find that presence of God, not just truth. The scripture is full of truth. But if you only find truth and don't find presence, ah, oh, you're missing something. Find God in your prosperity. How many times have we said we really pray the most when we're in trouble? Well, no, let's, let's, let's give glory to God. Let's find God's presence when things are going well. When, oh, there's so many things to be thankful for. And that's a discipline, isn't it? In any situation, particularly one like we're going through right now, when things seem to be going wrong around us, the world is just falling apart. There's so much I can, I can see God's faithfulness, God's provision, God's blessing in our lives. Find God in the crucible, his presence, not just a, a knowledge of him, but a knowledge of his presence. The crucible is that place of fire, that place of testing, the place where you're being chained by the, by the pressures around you. Find God in crisis. Have you noticed how often in, in, in secular society today, I, I noticed in movies, I noticed in the media, the minute people are surprised, their first reaction, at least on this side of the Atlantic, their reaction is, oh my God. Are you really serious? Are you calling out on God? Well, of course, most of them are not. In fact, it almost feels like profanity to me. And I, I don't use the term. I, I, in fact, I'd encourage you as a believer, don't use the term. If you're not talking to God, don't use his name. Hope that makes sense. But but should be our gut reaction. When we're in trouble, when things surprise us, when they shock us, turn to God. Not, not just turn to his presence. Recognize he's with you. He's, he's there right now. How about in criticism? Can you find the presence of God when you're being criticized? I, I, I learned to talk to myself a long time ago, and, and certainly uh, uh, one of the things I've learned to say to myself is, is, is to recognize that, that there's always some truth in almost every criticism. So, Lord, if you're speaking to me, uh, and you're speaking to me through criticism, what is it I need to take out of this? Can I find your presence when I'm being criticized? This, made, oh, this is the top three. Scripture, praise, but then creation. Can you find God in creation? I'm just, I'm just awed by creation. And I, I, I've heard, I've talked to several of you recently, how, how you went through a nice spell there, warm weather. And boy, it must have been so hard to be in England in warm weather in the springtime and be locked in your houses whenever you're able to, whenever you're, you're allowed to. Get out into the garden. Go for a walk in one of those beautiful parks there in London. The presence of God in his creation. For many, many years, there's been an argument as to whether or not the universe is expanding, which is kind of mind-blowing. I mean, if the universe is expanding, what's it expanding into? And <laughs> that's a little bigger than my mind. Uh, but the argument, I guess, has changed. The argument now is, the assumption is the universe is expanding. The argument it is, how fast is it expanding? And I must say, I'm not surprised, because it's the very nature of God to continue his everything he does. He doesn't just create and then walk away. He's not the God of the deist. He's a living, personal, real God who's always creating. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I love springtime. In our, in our area where we live here near Washington, D.C., there really are four seasons. There's spring, summer, fall, winter, and everyone, each one is very different. And uh, being home so much the last couple of months, I've been freshly aware of just the changes in the color green. There isn't just one color green, but even as the trees get their leaves and butt out, da, 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 the birds, I mean, there's so many birds. My wife and I were sitting on the porch yesterday, and 
a bird came and sat right on the porch rail. He kind of sang us a song. I thought, thank you, Father. I see you in relationships. I see you in all of my relationships, the ones that are struggling, the ones that are most dear to me. And I, and I hope you, I've often said, if you have one, even two dear friends, you're a rich person, someone that you can be accountable to, someone who looks into your life, cares about your life. I'm so thankful for my wife, my sons, my friends like John, John Singleton and others there in Lifeline. Relationships reveal to me the presence of God. And I want to be sure when I'm with people who are dear to me, I take time to enjoy his presence. Find God in your reverses. When things are going backwards, when things are going in the wrong direction, can you, can you find God knowing that he's still there? Find God in those moments of reverence, the awesome awareness of the presence of God. And again, sometimes that happens for me when I'm in, the, in, 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 in Father Creator, not Mother Nature, but Father Creator in creation, watching around me, seeing around me what's going on. Those quiet moments when I'm sitting with, with his, his word, his holy word in my hands, just, just being quiet with my eyes closed. You don't have to close your eyes to pray, but somehow it does help, doesn't it? Recognize his presence. Find the reverence of God. And then remember, in reflecting, meditating, remembering, re receiving those, those wonder, the, this thing of memory is an amazing thing. It allows us to enjoy what God's done for us in the past. Find God within. You see, we actually have been talking about everything we've said so far is, is, is external, things going on around us. We're looking around us for evidence, for reminders of the presence of God. But the New Testament truth is Christ is within. Now we're going deep. Can you find Jesus? Can you find presence, the presence of God in you? Probably my favorite passage, my favorite scripture. I'll probably say this about four or five, but this maybe is the favorite one. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by the faith of the son of God who gave himself for me. Paul saying, I, I'm dead, but I'm alive. I'm a vessel. Christ is living in me. Uh, he, goes, he goes on in, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son to live in your heart, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And by the way, the reason why that word Abba is not translated is it's basically untranslatable. I, I've heard several teachers try to translate it more recently and try to make it something, make it something it's really not. It's such a, it's a word of awe. It's a word of respect. It's a word of honor. It's, it's basically untranslatable. It's, it's this acknowledging the presence of God, God's spirit dwelling within us. And then 419, all in Galatians. I mean, we can look at many other verses, but this is just Galatians. Galatians 419, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Here's what Paul desires more than anything else, more than, than houses and cars and, and food and clothing and shelter. Oh, that Christ would be formed in you. And I, I get this visual, this, this, this picture of what's going on. He's inside of me, little by little, eating away at the old me, eating away at the self of me, revealing himself through me in the process, changing me, transforming me. May, may you be aware. May, may, may you have the revelation that Christ, his fruits, his gifts are being formed in you. And of course, the direct result of that is you become the portal of God to others around you. That's right. Let me ask the question. Where, who is the light of the world? I'm sure someone immediately said, Jesus is the light of the world. And, and you're right. But 
Let's read scripture and see what else is said. Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light on a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it under, on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. Now, now he's very specific there. Not just light walking around, but like doing things, living out, doing the good things that, that only uh, a man and woman of God who are filled with the Spirit are, are able uh, capable of doing. First Corinthians, rather, 2 Corinthians. Again, probably my favorite chapter. <laughs> I don't know, Romans 8 as well. Here's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Let me back up. The context in chapter 3, uh, uh, Paul's talking about that passage in Exodus chapter 18, where God reveals himself on the mountain. And as Moses visits with God, comes back down the mountain, he has to put a veil on because the when you're with the presence of God, it changes us, transformed by his presence. And, and Moses' face was glowing with the presence of God. Now, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that veil has been removed. And if it's still there in 4 verse 3, who's, who's missing out? The lost are missing out. It is veiled to those who are perishing. Chapter 4, verse 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of Christ. Verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, jars of clay, to show forth the all-surpassing power of God who is in us and not from us. He's not, there's something more in you. There's, there's something about you that, you know, I think many times we're not even aware of the presence of God, the way other people around us are. So, several years ago, I'll tell the story quickly. My wife and I went to Chicago to uh, have a couple of days of vacation. And amazing city. And we stayed in a beautiful hotel. We had some points all saved up and got this beautiful hotel right down the lakeside. One of our goals was to visit the Chicago Museum of Art, world-famous art museum, art from, 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 from hundreds of years. There's a whole section of uh, medieval art, which, of course, is all about the church. And, and just uh, it was inspiring, I must admit. And after spending several hours, my wife likes to read every plaque on every painting. Everyone, all the husbands are kind of sighing, saying, yes, I know I've been there before. So I, I thought we were kind of done for the day. And she said, oh, but Terry, there's, there's three more. There's two more floors. And I smiled like any good husband would say, oh, I would love to go to the next floor with you, honey. Okay, off we went, found the elevator, walked in the elevator. As the elevator door was closing, a gentleman walked in behind us. And I turned to him and I said, simple words. I said, sir, what floor would you like to go to? He looked at me, he said, well, floor three. And then the door closed. I was going to floor two. I pushed the button, blah, blah, blah. We're going up. And as we got to floor two, we went to walk off. He walked off with us. I turned to him, I said, uh, are you getting off on the wrong floor? He said, no, I need to talk to you. Are you a politician? <laughs> and I confess, I've been called lots of things over the years. Some, so not, some nice, some. <laughs> I've never been called a politician before. And I, I was kind of shocked. I said, no, no, I'm not a politician. Um, why would you say that? He said, well, I recognized. He was one of the workers there. He had a uniform on, probably a janitor. A man of color, strong accent, probably from somewhere, some another, another country. I recognized right away he saw something in my kindness that I was not even aware of. We had this great brief chat. He had to go back to work. I shared Christ with him. I shared the love of Christ. That all happened because something was coming out of my wife and I. And that, that act of kindness, Christ is in you. It's, it's 
It's about leaving a wake. Wherever you go, people are watching, they're noticing, even when you're not aware of it. And are you, are you looking for opportunities to bring the presence of God, to be the presence of God to others around you? I said I was going to read uh, in, 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 in Habakkuk chapter 2, and I'm going to get there just in a moment. If you, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2 and, and verse 14. Habakkuk 2 verse 14, just another encouragement. This whole lockdown thing for me has been very difficult. I, I love being with people. I like being with people I don't even know. Uh, I, I have no problem engaging almost anyone in a conversation. And uh, right now, there's not much opportunity. But a couple of weeks ago, I was actually uh, in my uh, doing some, some errands. I, I, we are allowed to go out to the supermarket. So I've gone to the supermarket. I have my mask on. I walk into the supermarket. And I, I got to tell you, I, I know if you've had this experience, I felt like I was wading through fear. Like fear was everywhere. People were very quiet. They're all wearing masks. They're all very separated. Finally went, made a, made, a, made, a, made a couple of items I got and made my way to the, the checkout counter. We're all separated by two meters. Finally got to the, the, the next one in line. And, and I recognized the lady in front of me was having a problem. Uh, speaking in Spanish, trying to communicate with the, the cashier. She didn't have enough money, apparently. She ran out of money. And, and she had some things in a cart. And she had some baby formula. And I think she was trying to explain to the lady that she needed the baby formula to take everything back out of the bill. Just she would pay only for the baby formula. That little card, I think it was a government card to help her with her, her groceries. And, and, and again, I was trying not to be nosy, but I was trying to hear what was going on at the same time. And, and then I, I just felt that prompting. I think you know what I'm talking about. That, that longing that I need to do something. I'm here for a reason. I, I quickly pulled. I didn't know how much it was going to be. I had no idea. It didn't matter at that moment. Could have been thirty dollars. Could have been three thousand. I, I knew I needed to do something. I, I I reached into my pocket, pulled out my credit card. I handed my credit card to the to the cashier. I said, "Please let me pay for her bill." And it actually turned out not to be a whole lot of money anyway. I I can't explain to you how the atmosphere changed. That, that all that fear, all that oppression that was around us, boom! It was gone. The lady looked at me in, in shock. She didn't know hardly what to say. She she gathered her groceries and and, and smiling walked out and. The lady behind the cashier just had this big smile. Thank you so much. That was so wonderful what you just did. The manager walked all the way across from the other side of the store. Thank you so much. We're, you, 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 you helped that lady. The, my, my point is the atmosphere changed because at that moment, I had the opportunity, nothing, nothing I could do myself to be the portal of God, to be the presence of God to those people right there. Listen, I know what God is doing in the world today. I don't claim to understand all the details. I'm not sure what comes next. I'm not sure good comes next. I think, I think we're just beginning to see the, 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 the turmoil increase around us. But I know what God's doing. Here it is. God's ultimate purpose for working in the earth is to receive his glory. He will receive his glory in spite of what goes on around us. He'll receive his glory from his creation. He'll receive his glory from you. Here it is. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, even as the waters cover the sea. It's coming. It's happening. We, we may feel the birth pangs of, of, of the earth around us as we get closer to that moment, as the earth itself is, is preparing for the, the, the arrival of Christ. But the glory of God will be revealed in all of the earth. And you and I have the privilege I'm not only enjoying being blessed by the presence of God. Glory comes from presence. Wherever presence is, there's glory. Glory is the, 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 the results of God's presence. You and I have the privilege of receiving his glory. 
He brings peace. His presence brings peace. He, he brings joy to, right in the midst of the struggles, the trial, trials, the challenges. He transforms us and through us, those around us. He brings presence to those around us through us. You are, not can be, you are a portal for the presence of God. I, I, I'm again, just such a blessing to be with you this morning. Thank you, John and team, for inviting me. What a, what a blessing. Uh, if I may, may I, can I pray with you this morning as we're closing in Jesus' name? Heavenly Father, I, I thank you so much for Jesus. And I thank you so much for this reminder that, that you are working in the world. And, and, and it's so difficult to understand what is going on and what comes next and, and uh, what, will, what will happen. But I, I thank you, give us this, this assurance that, that you are working for your glory. You will receive your glory in the earth. You are sovereign and, and, and your hand is, is upon us. And I pray afresh and anew that you would make us aware that we don't have to look around us for evidence of your glory. All we have to do is look within. Christ in us, the hope of glory. I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning that, that, that even as they're, they're in the home today, and, and, and the joys that are there, but the trials, the, 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 the challenges as well of being locked down, that your presence will be there. That you minister your love, your peace through, through my brothers and sisters, through their, their family members. And as, as opportunities open up, as we move out of our homes in the near future, remind us over and over again that we have the privilege, the opportunity, the blessing of being portals of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lifeline Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities, and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at Lifeline UK. Thank you.